This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, welcome back to Peak Racing Running Podcast. In the world, Peak Too Early, I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, last week you came in here with a big pump-up speech, you know, reminding us to stay positive and that we still got this, and I really need another one, to be honest, because I lost and I lost bad this weekend, and here's the problem. Olympics are over. I mean, you're not going to see another track bet for at least three years. Um, so I've got three years to really think about, you know, what I did wrong and, and where I strayed from, from the right path. And 2024 is going to be a big year for me, folks. We're going to get into all that. Two things on that, Mike. My first instinct was to say we got the Red Sox so we can keep cashing that. Nope, deal nope, that, nope, nope. That has come to an abrupt halt. Um, so we can't win any money off the Red Sox anymore. What about and the, the other thing I think, what'd you say? So what about the Patriots? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's a little bit further down the road. <laughs> um, the other thing on that is our grandfather always taught us, you know, he, he's the guy who kind of got us into gambling a little bit when we were, when he babysat us, he would take us to the dog track, him and his, his brothers and sisters were always playing cards whenever we went over there. But he always says, whether you win or lose, you always tell people you broke even. Right, you don't want people to know how much you lost, but more importantly, you don't want people to know how much you won. So just say, "Hey, we broke even." Right? End of conversation. And as always, at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Boys, I'm doing all right. I broke even over the Olympic <laughs> bet, and it worked out okay. Uh, that's a little exaggeration about doing all right, though, because I feel like I'm going through withdrawals right now. I'm not thinking straight. I went up the stairs in my apartment, just reminded some of the people out there, I do have a broken ankle. So I hopped up the stairs, realized I forgot my glasses, went down the stairs. I hopped back up the stairs, realized I forgot my water, and it's like 110 degrees. So then I had to hop back down the stairs. I hopped back up. My internet sucks. I can't get good internet upstairs. And I hop back down. I've done a full workout of hopping up and downstairs. I just, I think I'm not thinking straight. I think I'm going through withdrawals. I don't have a gambling fix on like 24 seven for two weeks straight. Uh, so, so I might need a little, I just need a little help tonight, boys. I just need to help me get through this. It was intense. I, I, so one of the good things about this crazy Olympic schedule that we have is like my internal clock as, is officially adjusted. So I've been getting up early every single day since the Olympics and I've been doing stuff with my life. It's been great. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, is I'm definitely feeling the withdrawals too. And it was, man, it was an intense, intense week and a half there. And we were so excited. This was delayed a year. We got so pumped up. We placed too many futures. We got too ahead of ourselves with some of these bets. And I think if we just kind of like made the bets as the Olympics were going on and we, we saw the trends that were happening, we would have done way better. But hey, you know, uh, you know, I thrive on enthusiasm, right? I mean, that, 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 uh, that rush of heading into the Olympics and being able to gamble on track and field for the first time ever legally was an awesome feeling. And yeah, are we licking our wounds a little bit right now? Of course, you know, but it was a, it was a fun week and a half, even though we don't have the result at the end of the Olympics that we wanted. It, it was for sure. The problem is I was set up for failure here because, you know, we were able to be very responsible all week and just kind of like be very strategic and, you know, kind of watch how everything unfolded. But then the last weekend of the Olympics, the last weekend of track and field, everything's accumulating. We got some of the biggest distance events coming up. I end up finding myself at a freaking wedding full of track guys with Trent and a bunch of other people who are heavily invested on this stuff. And they wrote me into just some bad decisions, which, you know, that the timing of that was, was very poor. Now, did it make for watching the events a little bit more fun and exciting? Sure. But did it make for a little bit more irresponsible decision-making? Yes, of course it did. It was, it was the classic, 
like I'm never going to leave the casino up mode where you're like, I'll just put it on black. And if I have some money left, I'm going to put it on black again. And if I get it again, I'm going to put it on black again. I actually had a point not far after our last podcast where I had legitimately broken even. I was in a good place, but there was too much track to bet on. There were too many events still to occur. And inevitably, then it was going to come crashing down. I, I don't know how I ended up in a situation where all of a sudden I had Chariot tied into like five different bets that I just didn't even realize had happened. Parlayed here. And, like, and we're going to get into this, this but completely this, against I, our strategy. Listen, I, I know I'm telling you this weekend things broke down a little bit and that happens. You know what I mean? I, <clears throat> Nate, I'm sure you're listening. I blame you for everything that's, that happened this weekend. He's, he's fully responsible. So I, uh, so the, the Friday and Saturday, the 5k on Friday and then the 1500 on Saturday, the two mornings, both electric races, uh, great races for the podcast, great races, just kind of for our rooting interests, even though Mike lost too, Mike and Trent lost too much money on the 1500. Um, but insane finish, insanely exciting finishes. Uh, I woke up my neighborhood both mornings and on Saturday morning, I was so happy for Josh. I was, I was like, I was like screaming in like a high pitch voice. Like I was jumping up and down. My house was shaking and my wife got out of bed and she goes, she goes, I guarantee you our neighbors considered calling the cops because they thought you were beating me because <laughs> I was so loud and I was so obnoxious. So I, if any of my neighbors are listening to this, I apologize. There's, a, we just, there's a special like, energy you can get at seven in the morning watching sporting events. It's different than the end of the day thing. It's just like you're jumping out of bed. It's a special place you can get to. Well, so the 1500 in particular, too, was like an event because we were coming from the rehearsal dinner, which, you know, obviously there was plenty of drinks to be had. We were up way too late at the rehearsal dinner. But the 1500 was like an event the next morning, right? Like everyone was up early. I got, you know, I was up at like six in the morning on like three or four hours of sleep to go pick up some coffees and get ready. And we all like looking like, you know, just a bag of garbage. Everyone's like rolling into to one hotel room to watch this race. So it did have like the big football game feel like, you know, the Sunday morning waking up with like the butterflies kind of feel. It was, pre it, it was pretty cool. Well, Hey, on that, I feel like that's a good transition to our first event. Mike, let's kick off the running news. Yeah, all right. So I, I, I'm assuming we're just starting with the men's 1500. Right? I think this is the, the biggest event of the weekend. Like I said, it was the big game feel and just an unbelievable emotional a roller coaster because, you know, like I said, I did end up with my man Chariot tied up in quite a bit. And there's a little bit more of that story we can get into. But I mean, the big news, I don't want to bury the lead here. Our guy, Joshua Kerr, the man who we've been – listen, I know maybe this isn't, like, the hottest take in the world, but tell me a podcast that hasn't been beating the drum that Josh Kerr is going to medal at the Olympics more than this one. We for have been the one. close to two years, Mike. Yeah, for we have been the years. one. So that's a huge win for us. The other side of the story no, is – Flashback, flashback. We were uh, in, in Atlanta, 2020 trials. Josh, they were hanging out with the Beast, and we were, we were hanging at that bar that one night – and we were all talking like, like Josh is going to medal at the Olympics. And a year and a half later, he medals at the Olympics. And that's, I mean, that's, that's incredible. It, he, I mean, he, for a second in time in that last 200 there, I had a moment where I was like, Josh might win. Like Josh literally might win. I mean, Jakob ended up being way too strong. And that's a whole other, I mean, we could do a. But here, I want to say that, I want to say this, Mike. He ran, you watched that race. He ran a perfect race. and He it, did. Oh, It was a race, and, and I think he was smart because I think he, he knew the people that he was going up against. He knew he was going up against Jakob. He knew he was going up against Chariot. And he knew that he probably – he didn't necessarily – he wasn't – he wanted to put himself in a position to, goal, to win gold, but he wasn't going to be stupid about it because he wanted to get a medal, right? And so at the beginning of the race, he tucked into the back of the pack. He was patient. And when it was go time, he was in position to, to do, uh, you know, to, to make something happen and put himself in a position to win a medal. 
almost won silver. Uh, if it was another, if it was another ten meters, he might have won gold. But just an unbelievable performance from a true friend of the program, a guy that you know I was cheering for him maybe harder than anybody else over the the course of the Olympics. Yeah, nothing about that race really went the way I thought it. It, it was very strange because we talked a lot about how like hard the race is going to go out and stuff like that, and how Chariot always runs from the front. It was so weird to see Chariot not go to the front from the beginning, which. I still can't figure out exactly why he did it, but then they still ran crazy Jakob fast. Just, they stay. They I still think Jakob just beat him at his own game. I think he he made. I a know, point but why? Why wouldn't Chariot do his thing and take? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so he let Jakob kind of like control the whole thing and let these guys like. I mean, that put Josh in a perfect spot where he could do that. Now, eventually, Chariot took over and pushed the pace, and they still ran crazy fast. But it was just like it was very weird to see a guy who had beaten Jakob like six times in a row doing it one way and then on the biggest stage do it a complete different way but then yeah I mean you talk about perfect races Jakob ran an absolutely perfect race Josh ran a perfect race those two guys were meddling that day like I don't care what happened in that race just the way that they ran they were going to meddle no matter what like hands down no questions asked I want I want to bring up Josh Kerr's first race of the Olympics too and the qualifying where he almost didn't get past the first round. He came in, I was just looking at seventh place. Uh, he didn't get the big cue, so he had to wait around and hope the times worked out for him. So it's the guy who who came out a little too excited, was a little off his game, and for him, ran terrible, um, and just bounces back to run the perfect race that, that you had just talked about. So he put himself right there. Um, but this is this is like potentially the passing of the torch now, right? Like how many, and when's the last time Chariot lost like a big 1500? I know he had a little trouble in his trials coming into it, but the guy was the face of the 15 and Jakob, who's only, I think what, 20 years old has now potentially taken that torch from him and will be kind of the, just like uh, the new face of the 1500. I think he earned it. I think he, he beat Chariot the biggest stage and he's this young and he just keeps getting better Olympic record. So it'll be him moving forward. But we'll have guys like Kerr who can potentially compete with them. But it was it was fun and exciting to see kind of that that torch get passed, even if I was losing money on it. I, I hate Jakob so much. <laughs> I hate him. And I'm gonna hate him for the rest of his career. I, I don't know. Him. I'm starting to warm up. I kinda like him. I hate him. I hate him. I'm starting to warm up to him. Right. <laughs> let, let, let me break this down for you, Steve. So every year or every time this friend group has a big wedding. Our big thing is we do like a groomsman bet. So all the groom groomsmen get together and they pitch in money and we put in like just the biggest bet of the year for the groom, right? So it's like no risk for the groom, all reward. And we are firmly as a friend group, O for lifetime in this bet. It is never, I mean, we're like five weddings deep. We're O for five. It is incredible. And so this year, what we did was we put a obscene bet on chariot and then we hedged it with a josh long shot so we had two of the top three and Jakob spoiled both of them it was and, and we had a very very long discussion that if we should uh have like the the josh portion of it be just to metal because it still would have been a nice little payout and we had a nice back and forth yeah, and, and then we got into this, like, super ego mode where we're like, no, screw it. He's going to win. We don't need that. We don't need to back out on that crap. And it just – it was just L's all around. Jakob spoiled it. I mean, what – what like, Jakob's lost this guy six times in a row, and he picks this uh, – I, I hate him. I can't stand him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I – uh I fared a little bit better than Michael on this. Steve, you'll appreciate this. I had my money on Chariot to win. But I also thought it was either Chariot or Ingebrigtsen, right? Only those two I thought really had a chance at gold. Uh, you know, uh, Josh, I, you know, could be right there. But I really thought it was an Ingebrigtsen chariot race. So I parlayed an Ingebrigtsen win with a couple other huge favorites to make a nice little, like, parlay hedge. So even though I didn't win my big one with Chariot, I covered my losses with an Ingebrigtsen and, like, women's 4x400 USA and, like, the, the pole vault or something like that. So it all worked out okay. This is... This is one area where if you listen to the advice that we gave on this podcast, you would have been fine. You wouldn't have won a ton of money, but you would have been fine. You know, place your, place your safety bet, place your safety bet on chariot to win, sprinkle on a couple of long shots and then bet Josh to medal. Right. I think, I think I, I, I made a little bit of money on the 1500. 
I had like, I had like five bets on it. And I think I made a little, like not much, but I made a little bit. So if you had listened to our advice, you would have done fine. We got caught up at the moment. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. Couple of the couple of the quick notes here. I do want to give a shout out to another friend of the program, Coach Danny Mackey. You know, working with Josh since college to make this happen. Um, when we had Josh on our podcast this spring, he talked about we we talked we the the conversation came up because we talked about what if the Olympics don't happen, and because it was still kind of up in the air at that point. And he he told us he said, "Listen, Coach Danny and I are working." together to run sub 330 in an olympic final he said if the olympics don't happen then i'm still trying to run sub 330 so either way i'm going to take a big step forward in my career josh runs 329 in olympic final wins bronze so like that you know i think josh has kind of like given himself over wholly to danny and they, they work together but he is like trusting danny to like guide his career and guide his, 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 his training, which is really cool because you get this like superstar talent working with a, uh, working with a great coach. And, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of shows because they think we love the beast. Like we love everybody that we've had on there, but Brooks is a little bit conservative in who they sign and, and, and they don't necessarily always go after the biggest talents, but it's nice to see when you give a guy like Danny outstanding talent, he's going to deliver. Um, so that's, that's really cool to see. Um, the other note I wanted to make very cool moment with chariot giving, uh, Jakob the, uh, the Kenyan bracelet at the finish line, really cool moment. Um, and at later on this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about our connection to some of the Kenyans, that's going to be kind of the closing segment of today's episode, but I will say all of the Kenyans I talked to, uh, the Ingerbritsons are revered and they, they are seen as like, you know, they, there's a lot of respect there, right, for, for what the Ingebrigtsen brothers have done. So just a cool moment on the track that I wanted to bring up. All right, let's move on to the men's marathon where, stop me if you've heard this story before, but Ilya Kipchoge is the greatest marathon in the world. He is a champion. And Steve, I'll accept my apology whenever you're ready. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm wrong. You know, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Uh, the guy's unbelievable. Begins with um, finishes with. No, because I still, I still <laughs> stand by my statement that you're more likely to not win than you are to win a medal, even if you're the greatest. Yeah, but wait, I told you we're talking about a different, I a, a I different class here. I will say, my guy, uh, Shura Katata. Never mm -hmm. started. He DNS mm -hmm. and um, very. <laughs> Is that the worst feeling in the world it's when you guys get in the because line? Because Trent, Trent, the the night before his draw, his odds were plummeting. I got him at at plus sixteen hundred. His odds plummeted. I think it fell all the way to like plus four hundred, plus five hundred the night before the race. So his odds were plummeting. I had the night before on DraftKings. I had the option to cash out for double my bet. So I think I bet, I think I bet like maybe a little over a hundred dollars on him to win the marathon. And he, I had the option to cash out for $200. Like that's they let, how they let you do that. If the line move. Oh, yeah. DraftKings, cool. Draft, DraftKings is cool like that because they, you know, they, they do the calculations and say, okay, this guy's odds are plummeting. His, his chances of, of, uh, of winning or going way up and we're going to have a huge payout to this guy if he wins. So they were trying to essentially get people to buy out of it before he won. So I'm sitting there the night before feeling friggin' fantastic about this pick. He DNS. And so I currently have three separate emails to DraftKings saying that I should get a push on that. If your guy doesn't start make sense, right? If you're, if your bet doesn't start in the race, that should be a push. Steve. It's like, yeah, no, I agree. If there's like, I'm trying to think of a good comp. Like if there's like a court, like if you, if you make a, uh, like a quarterback prop bet, right? There's in there. Yes. That's the, yeah, exactly. Start for bet to be valid. And if he doesn't start, you get your money back. Correct. Yep. Or if he doesn't That's play, correct. then you get your money back. Steve, you, you lectured us on the pod. And we were talking about Kipchoge, like the greatest marathon artist of all time that you would never take like the odds for him to be a medal finisher, a top three guy. It's always ridiculous in the marathon. It's always so hard to get. So when somebody just gifts you, you know, a hundred dollars, you have to run the race. 
you got to take it. You had just lectured us on how crazy it is for someone actually like, you know, to have, you know, negative odds or something, or it's so unlikely to actually pick a winner or even a top three finisher in a marathon. Steve, you know, you know what you need to use a draft in baseball. If they, cause they have the starting pitcher listed. If that yeah. pitcher doesn't go, they, it's a no bet. They don't, they don't oh. use it. So oh, that right. is the example you got to use. I mean, like, that's, that's the one. That's I use the, the example. I'll, I'll, I'll pull up some of these emails I have drafted up. Like, I am confident that I'm going to get my money back. Good. Well, I'm not confident, but I'm going to fight <laughs> to the death to get my money back on, the, on a DNS. I, I have been in Steve's shoes before arguing on the bets, and it's never gone my way. But there's some times <laughs> no, where I've been screwed. Never, never goes your way. <laughs> yeah, well, Trent, you're arguing with people who, like, don't speak the same language as you and are like million miles away overseas. So listen, I've been, I had, I've had some, uh, uh, some tussles with Bovada in my day and I've, I've never won one of them. So, well, uh, Galen Rupp finishes sixth. Is there anything to talk about there? Is it eighth? Whatever. That's the point. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's it's good. It's good. Like fine. Yeah. Like it's, it's respectable. Yeah. I'm not like mad at Galen, but I'm not like, nothing to be super pumped about either it's just like yeah it's fine he, he's had a long run as america's best marathoner right and it's right. it's good to have him as a the guy who's gonna lead a team he's you know consistent right how many guys didn't even start the race because it was too humid or, or whatever reason they had so it's good right. to see him go out there and finish it he just never is someone uh, at this distance that's proven that he actually has a chance to compete for the title yeah. at one of these well you mentioned earlier you know the whole like passing the torch from Jakob and to Jakob and stuff like that i mean america's in desperate need of a torch passing from rup to like who's going to be the next big american marathoner right like and it could be could be anybody at this point right like it could be tyler day for all i know who who knows but yeah, it's yeah. time you know what i mean like we, we rups run its course he's had an unbelievable career but it's just like who knows in 2024 is he gonna be the guy again i it seems doubtful i'm getting ahead of myself but we got one on the woman's side i mean you you, you are we have a big topic to talk about before we get to that but yes i i i do concur i do agree i mean trent i just i do want to i do want to just correct something you said that Galen Rupp's never in a position to to podium, and he he didn't he, he won bronze in 2016, right? Uh, I got his right. stats and research. Yeah, and he yeah, I he mean he, he has still he has a silver in 2012, and he's got a bronze in 2016 in the marathon. So like, I we can't say that he's never in the mix for the for the podium. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm thinking more like today, right? When he gets on the line today or tomorrow, in the last couple of years, it hasn't felt like he's been a legitimate person to compete at one of like the, the major ones. But I mean, he he just friggin' ran backwards through the trials and dominated. If Galen Rupp, if Galen Rupp lines up at Boston or New York, he's still a favorite to win that. I just don't know how you can say that about the guy. When's the last time he's had like a top three at a major marathon? He just never runs the majors. Yeah. The problem. Like, when was the last time he ran a major? That's a good point. Listen, we all know I don't really know what I'm talking <laughs> I mean, about. I just, well, not, I just don't I'm believe not. in Galen Rupp. What else do you Galen want me to Rupp, say? Galen Rupp isn't Ryan Hall. Like, we love Ryan Hall. I don't want to disparage Ryan Hall. But Ryan Hall, like, had the reputation of never being able to, like, make it happen on the, big, on the, on the, the biggest, most important stage. Galen Rupp's kind of the opposite of that where he's kind of always in the mix to, to get on the podium. So I just, I just don't want to, I just don't want to, I just don't want to go too far down that road of Galen Rupp isn't, isn't in the mix to win. He won Chicago in 2017. So that's pretty good. All right. Let's, uh, let's save Trent here and move on. I do want to well, stay. Do, in we, the, do we need, I, I want to stay in the men's marathon. We, we okay. got one more topic, one more topic to talk about here because this was one of the craziest things. So to preface this, I mean, this was like, I don't know how hot it was on this marathon, but it was hot as hell and you're running a freaking marathon. And I'm sure we've all seen the clip at this point of this guy who's in the pack and they have the water bottles lined up for everyone to kind of like take their drink and go. He goes to grab his water and along the way knocks off every single water bottle in the line, making it impossible for any of his competitors to grab one of the waters 
there's a million takes we need to have about this. I could do the whole episode on this topic, but I'm gonna let you guys speak to it first. And the best part is he knocks them, he knocks the whole line off, but he's able to grab the last one in the line, so he has one for himself. Which, in itself, is a crazy move. Why not just grab the first water and then hit all of them? Because you're putting you put himself in a spot where it was like difficult to grab that last water. Like, why not grab the first one and then not? Because then. You- then you can make it at least make it look like you're trying to sure, get sure. benefit of the you know, doubt. You, you accidentally knocked them over while you're swiping to get one. He, he made a statement today, I think, on Instagram or Twitter saying that, it, you know, it was very slippery. They, they wet the water to try and keep them a little cooler um, so they don't just get to 100 degrees in that heat. And uh, nobody's buying it. There's absolutely nobody out there that's just, has to, that wants to listen to what this guy has to say. And it's uh, last name Amdouni. Uh, I forget exactly what country he's from. I think but, he's in France. Oh, he's French. Okay. So for me, a lot of it has to go into like at what point in the race. Like if this is early on in the race and everybody's feeling fine and just the pack, then it's, it's a real dick move. But if it's in like the last 10K, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. You get first to the water stop. You do it. You're looking for every advantage. You can. It's still a dick move, but I kind of appreciate it a little bit if it's like strategic in the late in the late miles of a marathon. Listen, okay. I love gamesmanship more than anybody out there. I love it. I love trying to get the competitive advantage, trying to do whatever you got to do to win. Even that means kind of being a little slimy at some points. Clip I mean, that, clip that, clip but, that, and then play it with with the with the, with the mileage <laughs> challenge episode uh, a year okay. ago, Very clip well. don't that. Try and, clip that. Sure, that's fine. But don't try and detract from what I'm about to say here. What this guy did was attempted murder. <laughs> he should be put in jail for attempted murder, and it, he should be tried on like fifteen different accounts because he tried to kill. It's like. 99 degrees out there and these guys are in a marathon you can't, i mean you are taking people's lives into your hand at this point this is not just about competitive advantage you should be tried for attempted murder he's a scumbag that was absolutely insane and crazy this is water we're talking about this is a necessary thing to live and imagine if it was your guy that you were rooting for that you needed to win that didn't get a sip of water and had to drop out because of freaking leg cramps or worse he had a heat stroke and died on the side of the road Put this man in jail. Was was there multiple tables, right? Isn't there normally multiple tables? The the little clip going around on Twitter makes it only seem like there's one table to get the water bottles from, <laughs> or it's the last one. But how is there not like rows and rows? Yeah, it's the, Olymp- the Olympic seen? marathon. I think, <laughs> I think the way it works is each each like country has their own table, and you have your own water bottles. But then after that section, there's one table with just water on it, right? Ah. So if you either if you miss your table or you suck it down quickly, like they have another table of water where you can just get water or spray yourself down. So, um, and Mike, I am going to have so much fun with that clip. I'm going to have so much fun. I'm going to cut up so many videos. I'm going to cut up so much stuff. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Stay tuned for next week because we're going to do something different next week and you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're new to the podcast, you'll know what I'm talking about next week. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. AC, right. he knows, he knows. He, you guys see it on <laughs> yeah, his face. He knows nah, yeah, he, knows he just stepped, not, he just not, stepped not in it right it. there. I'm just, I'm lucky Steve's going away on vacation this week, so maybe he'll forget about it. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the women's marathon. So obviously we have a one massive piece of news the smaller piece you know we all kind of thought bridget Koskai was a shoe in to get the dub she gets upset but more important than that in bronze in the olympic marathon is molly seidel so i mean i i kind of want to take this all the way back like i want to go back to Atlanta to the trials like before this race starts when our guy Colin is in the bar with us like telling us we got to watch out for Molly Seidel I mean you know Molly's a great runner she had great college career but nobody nobody in their right mind if you told them at that moment that this girl was going to win bronze would believe you I mean maybe outside of Colin I don't know I certainly wouldn't have believed you incredible incredible race for Molly and she was barreling. I thought she might get silver for a second there, barreling down down the stretch, uh, coming in on cause guys. So 
just just an incredible, incredible race for Molly. Just there's like not enough races in her career to give us any kind of indication that she was capable of this. And then when she goes in the trials, it was kind of surprising to, to some of us outside of Colin. And she picked up third place at the U.S. trials, which is a feel-good story and a great you know run as it is. There was just nothing that would indicate to us that she actually had this potential. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I remember, I remember talking to Colin about it and him being like, I'd be like, I don't really know who Seidel is and looking her up and being like, oh, you know, she could, she could be in the mix here. Next thing you know, she, she's got a medal. Um, uh, cause guy, cause guy, not cause guy finishing second was a, was a huge blow to the bank account. That was one. And, and to be honest, like after we rallied the troops, um, I was coming back. I like the, the back end of the week. I had some big wins. I was feeling good. And uh, any, any chance I had of, of finishing the week plus money was ruined by cause guy finishing second. So, and I want to, I want to apologize to our lawyer, J Mac. Um, I gave him some bets earlier in the week that lost. And so I said, Hey, this one's a lock, lock and Bridget cause guy. And he just texted me like, he didn't even watch the marathon. He texted me being like, well, looks like uh uh, DraftKings took that money away from me, Steve. What What do you have to say for yourself? And yeah, I was just like, "But you finished second, you know." And like that—that's no consolation. It took away from this happened to us in the fifteen hundred too. It took away from how electric the moment was for Molly Seidel and how exciting that is by having the money on Cause Guy and knowing she lost. Same thing. The fifteen took away from the electricity of Kerr by having the money on Chariot. So maybe we shouldn't gamble. Maybe we'd have more fun if we didn't have money on these events. Don't you say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and and uh, note to DraftKings, you know, Jason, we had him on a couple weeks ago. He's a sports book manager. Um, the, the, the sports books need to build out the marathon bets. We need some marathon props. We need some uh, sure. opportunities to pick people to medal. We, have, we need over-unders. over-unders yep. Marathon's a place where you can really – Spreads. Really you can do spreads, spreads for sure. You can really build out the gambling on the marathon. So – Sportsbooks do a better job of embracing the marathon because if I had the opportunity, I probably would have bet Seidel, tossed a little bit of money on Seidel to win a medal. I didn't have that opportunity. I couldn't find that anywhere. So, anyways, just, uh, you know, be a little bit better sportsbooks. All right, let's go through a quick speed round of um, American performances here women's four by four we don't need to go crazy into it the biggest takeaway i had from that is mo is just out of this world she's a beast uh and she's going to be a problem for the world for a very very long time anything else on the women's four by four that was like that was like the monster showing up to the gym and they're playing all yep. the loony. it was <laughs> awesome like when that crew came out it was like oh boy yeah this is this is throwing down the hammer right here uh grant holloway gets upset didn't see that coming from you know that kind of crew that we've talked a lot about being the face of men's track and field for the united states you know uh noah lyles grant holloway we had some upsets that weren't great to see i said stay away from the hurdles yeah that's right bad news and then i mean all right if there's one thing that we got right and then we pounded the drum every time we came on these microphones. If there's one thing that we did right, it was tell you that there was a 0.00% chance that Ryan Krauser loses, and he did not lose. He did not get upset. He did not upset the American people. We should have put every cent we own on Ryan Krauser. He's a beast. He is on a different level than everybody else in the world. Not just currently. Anybody else in the world has ever been. He's the best to ever do it. That's all I got to say on that. that. That was the peak of Olympics right there because we were just coming out of our, our little rut. Steve had pumped us up, and then Krauser went out. As soon as we got off that podcast, Krauser went out and threw the, the number one throw, just crushed what everyone else was out there doing. Olympic uh, record. That, that was throw. Yeah, that yep. was the best. Um, uh, Krauser saved my Olympics. If Krauser didn't win, then it would have been a very bad week in the Gendron household. So thank you, Ryan Krauser, for helping me break even. All right. Trent, would you like to gloat about your pick with Steven Gardner? Listen, 
everyone knows I'm a men's 400 meter expert. And I've been <laughs> preaching about Steven Gardner from day one. I think he dropped down to negative odds. I could have cashed out like Steve had the opportunity to. And I smartly said, no, I doubled down. I started parlaying him with everybody. That was a nice moment where Krauser, I think, was the night before, takes gold. Then Gardner, the next morning, uh, he, he easily takes the gold. He looks so good during that uh, to take it. So I, I was on a nice, a nice roll there. And I, I want to shout out, I know this guy's kind of polarizing, but Bill Simmons had a line the other day when he was betting on Olympics. Because I don't bet red, white, and blue. I, I bet green, right? I bet what makes me money. Cool. So I got I got no issue with the 400-meter runners on the U.S. side who didn't take it. My guy, Stephen Garner, took the title, and I hope people listen to me on that. Hey, Bill Simmons, cease and desist, brother. Back off. Uh, I mean, Trent, the, you backing into that one and just – you literally called this guy your lock when he was still like plus money. He was like plus 350, plus 400. You called him your lock. I mean, you just locked into that one. But, you know, for till the day you die, you can take that to your grave. You know, you are the smartest 400 meter, better handicapper in, in the world as far it, as I'm concerned. It's a valuable lesson that it will be impossible for us to actually follow because we like gambling on sports too much. But when you feel good about a few races – just bet those, you know, mm-hmm. don't go in on every race just because it's on television. Just, just stick to your guns. Yeah, that was, that was a nice little poke. I mean, I needed, that was, that was my first plus, uh, plus money win of the Olympics. So thank you, Trent. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what we could possibly say about this, but it's fun. Hassan, just a beast. I mean, is she, I think you got to call her the MVP of the Olympics. She takes home two golds, takes home a third bronze, three distance events, right? It's not like she's doing a relay here and a sprint. I mean, three distance events, MVP of, of track and field. Is that, are we going to dispute that? Does anybody have a, a counter to that? Imagine betting on her to win gold and picking the one event where she didn't win. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> and, yeah, tough to see. Tough to see. Uh, and then the final event I got here, we got another medal for America. Well, we can we quickly Italy, 100 meters? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you want to do that before or after the men's 5K? Let's do it. Let's just jump into that real quick. I don't know. Right now. To... All right, let's do it. But let's talk I, about it. It's been, it's been a lot coming out about how the, the gold medalist from Italy in the 100 meter um, is kind of shady. His strength and conditioning coach just recently got popped for PEDs. Um, he's dropped a second off of his time in in uh, in office PR in the within the past year, which is nuts. So you go from running a second faster and winning gold. All I'm going to say on this is you better believe DraftKings is getting some angry uh, written emails about the hundred meters and how those should be pushed. My, all my bets in the hundred meters should be pushes. That's all I'm saying. Uh, as an athlete first, Representative Steve, show me the positive tests. That's fair. In, in, innocent until God, We've kind of died on that hill in the past. Yeah, th- this guy, I mean, this guy, uh, he he sure looks like he's on some kind of P. This guy is a house. And, yeah, Listen, he kind of came out of nowhere. I've said it before. I'll see it again, Mike. If my ticket's cash, then my, my tone can change. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. My tone can change. So if I get my money back from that, then uh, my tone, my tone, I'll be defending this guy. If, to the death. if Steve ever had money on this guy, I mean, he would be <laughs> in every Twitter battle ever. Yeah, I mean, he'd just be not a dime back. Left it. Yeah, not a dime. I'll be, back. I'll be Jim Calhoun. Not, not a dime back. Trent, anything? No, I, we're athletes first, absolutely. <laughs> but not every athlete looks like you know Mark McGuire out there. He's <laughs> ripped. <laughs> All right, men's 5K. We had uh, Chep the guy followed by Ahmed, followed by our guy in bronze, Paul Chalimo. He adds another medal to his repertoire. I mean, for a guy that loves to talk some shit, loves to kind of mix it up a little bit, just adding a little bit more swag to his trophy case, you got to love that. Uh, give him a little bit more ammo behind that. And then Chep the guy kind of redeeming himself off the 10K loss taken home a gold medal which is not surprising this is another race that saved me i had uh chepta guy to win chalimo to uh to medal so that was a that was a big hit for your boy to get me back to even 
Um, I was on, we did a, we did a, a live virtual watch party uh, sponsored by Stoke. So Stoke kind of organized it. We did it. A couple friends of the program were on there. We had boss man Rand. Caitlin was on there. Um, fun morning. Uh, again, woke up, pretty sure I woke up my neighbors, freaked them out by how much I was screaming just because it was a, it was a big hit for you, boy. You know, that was, that was a nice, you know, prediction nailed that perfectly, but super pumped for Chalimo. Awesome race. Um, and yeah, you know, chip the guy doing chip the guy things. Yeah. Chip the guy bouncer. It gets the silver in the 10 K right. And then he gets the gold in the five K took it out hard is impressive, yep. but Mo and Chalimo right there. And then Grant Fisher top 10. I mean, the guy for, for being where he's at in his career to, to have the, what was it? Sixth place in the five K and then ends up top 10 in the 10 K. Uh, uh, just impressed by him being able to just uh, double back like that. Also, Mohamed, we got to give Mohamed some shine. Yeah, and silver yeah. medal. Didn't see that coming. Great race from him. All right, I think that's all we've got for the news here, gentlemen. Oh boy! Wow. Well, uh, exciting week and a half there. Two weeks of Olympics. Uh, you know, we're going to detox from gambling a little bit. It was a lot of fun. You know, I don't think that, you know, this isn't gambling is a big part of what we do, but we're going to get back to the regularly scheduled programming here for, for those of you that may be kind of sick of the gambling talk. It's always going to be part of what we do, but it's not going to be exclusively what we do. We kind of dove into a little bit, um, harder during the Olympics, but we're going to get back to, to more interviews and some other stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I always want to keep this podcast evolving. I always want to keep us doing some different stuff. And I got some ideas. I haven't even run them by Mike and Trent yet, but um, just ideas of like different types of people that I want to get on the podcast. Um, one idea is, listen, I, I kind of work in the, the, the running retail world. I work for a brand and so I'm in and out of stores all day. One cool idea is like, I'm coming across uh, people that work in these stores, like, if you work in the if you work in the running retail industry, you know the term shoe dog. Just these guys that are and girls that are just grinding out on the floor. They all are are kind of big pieces of the running industry, and they all have some like really funny stories about interactions with customers or just interactions in the running world. I'd like to get some people on. So if you're a shoe dog, if you're somebody that works at a running store, and you got some cool stories and you want to kind of jump on the podcast for a little bit, shoot us a DM. I already got some people in mind that I want to have on. The other thing. And something that I think we talked about, Mike and I talked about really early on and just kind of when we were starting to think about the beginning of this podcast and what we wanted to do. Um, we've got to build some strong connections in the Kenyan running world um, over the years. Like I have a lot of friends that are, are really well connected and it's not something that we've ever really dived into. And so one thing I want to do, and I, and I talked about this with a friend last night, is I kind of want to be the voice of the Kenyan runner in, in the United States just because we have a lot of friends. We have a lot of connections over there. I think we can get some big names on or at the very least kind of get their thoughts on things because there's a language barrier there for sure. Um, so that's something that you're going to be seeing more from us. You're going to be seeing us dive into the Kenyan perspective a little bit more and, and kind of hearing from them. Um, I was put on a couple group text messages today that like kind of blew my mind with some massive, massive athletes on there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pumped for, for where this is going. Steve had me Google. He didn't tell me to do it, but I on my own just hopped on Google flights and was looking at Boston and Nairobi just to see what kind of price that would be. Cause he had some interesting things just come up on our little group message. We may have gotten invited to the Kenyan trials in May. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> that would be really cool. It would be working. really freaking cool. Working. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think uh, the it's not always something that at least I know. I know you two have been super fascinated by is the the Kenyan perspective on things, and I think you know everyone knows Kenya as like this like hub of distance running, but learning more about why and like the culture there and kind of like what it means to these villages in this country. I mean, I think it's a, a story that needs to be told, and yeah, I mean, why not? Why not have it be us be the ones to tell it? right? Something a little bit different. I think it's hard to get to know some of these athletes too, on a more like personal level, get to know their individual story rather than just chalk them up as another Kenyan superstar. So right. if there's anybody that can, you know, uh, have some good candid conversations that aren't just about 
how many miles they're doing or something like that. I think it's the three of us. All right. So uh, next week, both Mike and I are going to be away. We're going to be out of the country. Um, and I think it's a good time now, now that we've kind of recovered from the Olympics, we're kind of licking our wounds. Um, I think we're going to take our first off week in the history of the podcast. So that's true. Yeah. Is I mean, I haven't even thought about that since, until right now, but that's pretty incredible. That is we, incredible. We haven't missed a week in like two and a half years in 126 yeah. episodes. We haven't missed a week, which is unbelievable. Um, congratulations to us. But I think if, 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 if there's any time to take it down week, I think it's going to be next week since two of the, of the three hosts here will be out of the country, um, different time zone and uh, with limited access to internet. So we're going to do that, but we're not going to leave you. We're not going to leave you, you know, your, your iTunes or Spotify uh, Thursday morning episode. We're not going to leave you without a P2E episode. What we're going to do is we're going to throw out a P2E classic episode. So I spent a little time kind of going through what I thought were our best episodes uh, this afternoon. And we pulled one that is just an all time classic and it's episode 61. It's after, uh, it's after, uh, the, the first mileage challenge that we did, we had Sam Parsons on, it was a all time episode. So that's going to be coming next week. So yeah, you will have an episode showing up in your inbox, go back and listen to it. It is, it's a pretty funny episode. So yeah. Any, any other thoughts on that guys? I think I should be able to just do a full two oh. hours by myself, just solo Talking radio, you know, just to see, you think we get any listeners, new listeners, like just uh, me talking yeah, for two hours? Who, who are those, like the sports radio guys who just like are talking by themselves? Oh, who, Planet Mikey on oh, WEI, Planet the, the Planet Mikey. Mikey, just like talking to himself and just the callers and yeah. <laughs> That's Trent, do you want to do a caller show? You want to do it? You want to do a show by yourself next week? Oh, let's do a best of. I like that idea. All right. Yeah, because the problem is I'm not in it. So, <laughs> all right, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got people on the bell app? So, Steve, you mentioned it. You know, we're getting ready to head out. And, you know, I'm leaving first thing tomorrow morning and just kind of been scratching the surface of packing, shoved a bunch of stuff. I have no idea what to pack. I already have that like overwhelming feeling that I'm forgetting something very important. Cannot put my brain on it. So stand by a couple weeks. I'm sure I'll, you know, at the top of the show, have have a, a story to tell about the very important thing that I forgot because it's just sitting sitting right there on my chest. You're going to leave us hanging like that? I don't know what it is, Steve. I, oh. it's, it's, you know, it's like, I, I don't, I feel like I already forgot something. I just cannot figure out what. I think, I think Mike's already just making an excuse for when he forgets his running shoes, you know, and he can't go anywhere he runs <laughs> while he's out there. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Heading down to Falmouth this weekend. We got the big Falmouth race. This is me, uh, it's been my first time actually showing up to, to Falmouth, which is incredible because I'm from New England. So I was going to run it. I think I could win the crutch division, but uh, it's not on the calendar this year, the schedule this year. So I'll skip out, but I'll be down. I know we're going to have some big names that'll be running. So uh, I'll look forward to, to watching that. I'm just, I'm pretty pumped up to be down there. You should meet up with our guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's I don't know exactly who's running Craig, it. But. Craig's down there. Um, uh, Jacob is down there. Like there, there's a lot of guys um, that you could meet up with. A couple people that have reached out to us. I just, I just figured because your ankle was smashed and weren't going. So We'll we'll set you up there. You should you should definitely connect with those guys. Yeah, yeah um, we should figure that out. Are you going? You sh- are you going to go to the mile? I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm so reliant on other people right now. Yeah. I can't drive. I I can't do anything on my own. I can't like can't like walk very far, right? So if, if someone wants to drop me off at the mile, uh, I'll be there. But I'm kind of relying on other people. Um, let's see here. My bell lap. So I, I've been uh. You know, because I've been ramping up my my fitness a little bit, been working out a little bit more, getting a little more miles in, been racing a little bit, um, and I've just felt some felt some like injuries slowly start creeping up. So I've been taking care of myself, and I've been doing a lot of yoga, right? And I've I've started going back to like yoga classes, kind of a maintenance kind of the philosophy: bend before you break type of deal. And yoga is great, except the one bad thing about yoga is trying not to fart for the entire yoga class is it really kind of takes away from the enjoyment of it. But uh, 
yeah i just thought about that i just came from yoga class and i (laughs) did you you squirt one out when we were no 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 but as soon as you walk out of the building it's like you let it rip oh yeah i'm sure that hallway outside the studio is just a gas chamber (laughs) anyways i wouldn't run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the joke (laughs) 